Welcome to Muse Kids. I'm Rose. And I'm Zara. And together we're presenting this weekly podcast about what's going on in our world today. Each week we cover top stories across world news, politics, science, technology, entertainment and arts. This week we're talking about floods in Venice, anti-bullying week, the anniversary of the Berlin War, the mystery of oxygen on Mars, what's happening in Hong Kong, and the release of the movie Frozen 2. Hello, this is Zara. This week there has been severe flooding in Venice and it has left more than 80% of the city underwater. The huge tide of water that hit the city was the highest tide in more than 50 years and the waters in Venice peaked at 1.87 metres according to the Tide Monitoring Centre. All schools in Venice have been closed down because of the rising water level and will remain closed until the water levels go down. People throughout the city have been wading through the floodwaters and lots of businesses have been affected. Venice is a very famous tourist destination and is famous for its historical sites and some of these sites have been affected quite badly. St Mark's Square, one of the lowest parts of the city, was one of the worst hit areas. According to church records, St Mark's Basilica was flooded for the sixth time in 1200 years. The mayor of Venice, Luigi Brugnano, said that he thinks that the flooding is a direct result of climate change. A project called the Mose Project was started in 2003 to protect the city from flooding, but it has been hit by high costs and delays. The mayor said that the government would speed up completion of the project, which involves building a series of large barriers that would be raised from the seabed to shut off the lagoon if there are rising sea levels and winter storms. The government has declared a state of emergency and residents with flood-damaged homes will get up to 5,000 euros, which is about 5,500 US dollars, and businesses up to 20,000 euros in compensation. Hi, it's Rose here. Last week was Anti-Bullying Week, a dedicated week held every year in November across the UK to raise awareness of the issue of bullying among children, especially in schools. This event is organised by the Anti-Bullying Alliance and encourages children of all ages to get involved and take part in activities that will help to shine a light on the problem of bullying and ways to help resolve the issue. In schools across England during Anti-Bullying Week, or Friendship Week as it is sometimes called, parents, carers and teachers are asked to play an active role in preventing bullying and work together to create a safe environment where young people can feel like they are able to talk about their feelings and problems and will receive support. Every year, Anti-Bullying Week has a theme, and this year's theme is Change Starts With Us. Explaining why they chose this theme, the Anti-Bullying Alliance said, whether it is verbal, physical, online or in person, bullying has a significant impact on a child's life, well into adulthood, by making small 
Simple changes, we can break this cycle and create a safe environment for everyone. Because together we can challenge bullying. Change starts with the conversation. Ahead of Anti-Bullying Week, the Anti-Bullying Alliance released the results of a survey of over 1,011 to 16-year-olds showing the scale of bullying that children are experiencing on a day-to-day basis. Nearly a quarter of the children said they had been bullied once a week or more during the last six months. Nearly one child in every classroom said they were bullied every day and one in ten children say they had missed school due to bullying. At our school we celebrated Friendship Week in a few different ways. We had a competition to redesign our friendship bench in the playing ground. We had kindness bingo and non-uniform day so we could express our own individuality. Sarah, what kind of things did you do for Friendship Week? Well, we did quite a lot of fun activities. In our class, we took a picture of someone that we don't really play with. Although for me, it was someone that isn't very close to me, because I play with everyone. And we'd say all the things we like about that person. Another activity that we did was to design a friendship bench. And it was a competition. Because our friendship bench is for the people who, who really don't have any friends and don't have anyone to play with. So they sit on the friendship bench and usually, hopefully, people would come and ask them to play with them. But the friendship bench was looking very boring. So they decided that we should make it a bit more brighter, more not dull. Um, I had that competition as well. I kind of got too busy to enter, but I would have liked to. What was your design like? My design had a couple of friends just hugging, and then there were heart-shaped cushions on there, and it said, everyone can be everyone's friend. That sounded brilliant, Sarah. Sarah, what did you really learn about bullying during Friendship Week? I already knew that bullying wasn't very nice. But Friendship Week just kind of reminds everyone that you shouldn't do bullying and it's it's been really mean. So I'm glad we had Friendship Week and I'm glad we did all these activities. Well, bullying is pretty awful and Friendship Week just kind of shows how bad it is and that you shouldn't do it. Hello, it's Laura here. This month, it was the 30th anniversary of the day when Berlin Wall came down in 1989. The Berlin Wall divided the German capital city of Berlin after the end of World War II. Europe was split. Germany was divided with the eastern part being controlled by the Soviets and the western part being controlled by the US, the UK and France. It became clear the Soviet Union and the Allies had very different ideas about how their part of Germany should be run. West Germany was run in a less strict manner and people had more freedom to do what they wanted and say what they wanted. As time went by, a lot of people left East Germany and moved to the West. In 1961, the leader of the Soviet Union ordered a wall to be built between East and West Berlin to stop people leaving East Germany. The wall was built quickly and appeared overnight on the 30th of August. In 1989, there were a lot of protests in Eastern Europe. There were a lot of protests in East Germany as well. People wanted more freedom and began demanding that they be allowed to leave. Hundreds of East Germans escaped, 
via neighbouring countries and eventually on the 9th of November 1989 the leader of East Germany gave a televised speech in which he said that the border between East and West Germany would be opened. This led to large crowds gathering at the border and border guards eventually opening the barriers which led to thousands rushing through and breaking the wall with hammers. The government finally destroyed the wall in 1990, although some parts of it have been left for people to see today. I would love to visit Berlin and see one day. Hi, it's Rose here again. This week, the BBC revealed that scientists researching the atmosphere on Mars have found that oxygen levels in Martian air rose by 30% in spring and summer, but are currently unable to explain why. Scientists have been measuring the ingredients of the atmosphere on Mars through NASA's rover vehicle called Curiosity. Since it landed on the Gale crater on Mars in 2012, it has been capturing lots of important information about the surface geology of the planet, as well as the air surrounding it to help scientists understand how Mars compares to Earth. The new oxygen data comes from a portable chemistry lab which sits inside Curiosity. Data from the last seven years shows that the air in Gale Crater is about 95% carbon dioxide with the smattering of nitrogen, argon and just a little bit of oxygen, 0.16% of it on average. There are seasonal variations in these amounts but the new analysis shows that oxygen levels change much more than and other gases. During spring and summer, oxygen levels rise as much as 30% and then fall lower in winter. Scientists are still trying to narrow down the reasons why this is happening, but one possible cause is that the changing oxygen levels could be caused by microorganisms, which means tiny living things on Mars. This would be very exciting if so, and would maybe take us a little bit closer to understanding more about the red planet, and ultimately to help us decide whether people might be able to live on Mars one day. It's Zara again. As you know from our previous episodes, protests in Hong Kong started in June against plans to allow extradition to mainland China. And although the bill has been withdrawn, the protests have continued and the situation is showing no signs of dying now. In fact, this week, police warned that Hong Kong's rule of law has been pushed to the brink of total collapse. Recently, the protests have become more and more violent with police firing live bullets and protesters attacking officers and throwing petrol bombs. So, what do the protesters want? Well, they do not want the protests to be called a riot. They want arrested protesters to be freed. They want an inquiry into the treatment of the protesters by the police and they want the introduction of universal suffrage which basically means a right to vote for all adult citizens for the election of the legislative council and chief executive hi it's rose here again we have some exciting news the movie frozen 2 is finally out at the cinema the first Frozen movie was released six years ago in 2013, when I was just a baby, and went on to become one of Walt Disney's most successful children's music films ever. 
ever, making more than $1 billion at box offices worldwide. Frozen was the 53rd Disney animated feature film and was inspired by Hans Christian Andersen's fairy tale, The Snow Queen. It tells the story of a brave princess who sets off on a journey alongside an iceman, his loyal reindeer and a snowman to find her sister who by mistake used her icy powers to trap their kingdom in eternal winter. Frozen 2 had its world premiere in Hollywood on 7th November 2019 and is scheduled for worldwide release by Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures on November 22nd 2019. We don't know many details about the plot yet but Frozen 2 apparently begins three years after the events of the first film finish. In the movie, the original characters Elsa, Anna, Kristoff, Olaf and Sven embarked on a new journey beyond their homeland of Arendelle in order to discover the origin of Elsa's magical powers and save their kingdom. Whilst the movie isn't on general release yet, film critics have been able to watch it and review it. So what did they think? Reactions are definitely mixed according to the BBC who reported that the Telegraph's Robbie Collin said it it's a generous, charming film that hits all the right notes. But on the other hand, Vanity Fair's Richard Lawson diagnosed Disney with a dire case of cynical sequelitis. So it looks like it will be down to cinema audiences around the world to get their verdict. When the film hits the big screen next week. What do you think about Frozen 2? Would you like to watch it? I would, because I just think it'll be interesting. Frozen 1 is just boring. Although I do like the songs, Frozen 2 will be new and adventurous, hopefully. What about you, Rose? Would you like to see it? Yeah, I would love to see it. And we can watch the movie together. And we can review it together. Yeah. And eat caramel popcorn. Not caramel, I like I like caramel. I like sausage. Okay. That's all for this week. I hope you enjoyed our show and thank you for listening.